if you couldn't tell by my tattoo, I'm a bit of a Lord of the Rings nerd. And when I have the opportunity to tie in my two favorite things, tie them together, the Lord of the Rings and Sacramento Kings basketball, I take that opportunity every single time. So here it goes. Tonight was the return of the King. De'Aaron Fox back after missing five games with his ankle injury back like he never left and he brought Sacramento's historic offense with him in a game where Mike Brown achieved his 400th win as an NBA head coach and we're breaking it all down right here for you on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code lowercase LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC 10 News. And how much fun was it just to see number five back in a Kings uniform. We truly take this man for granted. We take a lot of people for granted on this Sacramento Kings roster. But De'Aaron Fox is just such a marvel to watch, such a spectacle, just an incredible basketball player that, of course, you miss things more when they're not right in front of you. But even Sacramento Kings fans who have basically given Fox the keys to the city, right? This is Fox's city. Even we still sometimes underappreciate or don't fully comprehend just how dominant of a basketball player that De'Aaron Fox is. And he showed it again tonight in his first game back. He made an impact right away. We're talking literally from the opening tip. He took the opening tip off, attacked the basket, missed the initial layup, uh, and then went over like two or three Cavs defenders with a tip in to score the first points of the game. And that just started his 28-point night, 11 of 20 from the field, six assists, and one steal. De'Aaron's impact on Sacramento's offense is staggering. Listen to these numbers. In the five games that the Kings played without De'Aaron Fox, they scored a total of 513 points, right? That's 102.6 points per game. In the four games that De'Aaron has played, the Kings have scored a total of 508 points. That's one less game and only five less points, averaging 127 points per game. Guys, that is a MVP caliber impact that De'Aaron is providing this Sacramento Kings offense. Now, some people might roll their eyes and go, MVP? I mean, what about Giannis? What about Luka? What about Steph? What about what these other guys are doing? That's truly an MVP. De'Aaron Fox scoring 28 points? That's not an MVP caliber game. It's how he affects Sacramento. Remember, MVP is most valuable player. And sure, those guys are valuable to the league, valuable to their teams, valuable to winning championships. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not disrespecting them and saying that De'Aaron Fox is on their level and on that tier. But the impact that De'Aaron has, statistically, eye test, you can see it clearly. The impact that he has on the best offense the NBA has ever seen statistically is undeniable. The fact that 
He's not a true point guard. Like, and when I say true point guard, I, I think of like the Chris Pauls, even though Chris Paul is too busy, I guess, chop blocking people now to be a true passing point guard anymore. Uh, the Steve Nashes of the world, the John Stocktons, what Tyrese Halliburton is doing with the Indiana Pacers, right? He had like 16 or 17 assists the other day, and that's not the first time that he's done it. People think true point guard, they think high assist numbers. They think floor general. They think someone who literally hands opportunities, scoring opportunities to other players. De'Aaron Fox is not a true point guard. De'Aaron Fox is a scoring point guard. But he positively impacts and affects his teammates in so many ways. Be it the confidence that they have. Like, I was trying to break down, like, how is it that Fox comes back and suddenly Sacramento's offense, Sacramento's shooting, looks so much better? Because it's not... Fox that's making Kevin Herter hit threes now. It's not Fox that's making Keegan Burry hit threes now, right? And maybe those guys have finally just worked their way out of their slump. And look, tonight's game could be a one-off. 20 made threes? Like, I'm not saying Sacramento's going to be able to do that every single night. And sure, tonight was like a rain, when it rains, it pours night. So I'm not saying that, yeah, when De'Aaron Fox plays, this is going to be the result every single time. But it's also not a coincidence that Fox comes back and Sacramento's offense gets right back to that level that we know that they're capable of. So how is it that these guys are hitting their shots and shooting with such confidence with Fox back when they were struggling just a week ago from the perimeter? Less than a week ago for some of them. I think it has to do with a, a number of things. I think it's the confidence of having your star back, right? The Sacramento Kings, Keegan Murray, uh, Kevin Herter, whoever it is, knows that, hey, five is playing and he's on our side. So we're at our absolute best when he is on the floor. And the impact that he is having only helps us, right? The, 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 the attention that he commands from defenses. The fact that Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter, and even DeMondis Sabonis at times, the fact that they can get the looks that they get for being as established of shooters and scorers that they are, it's pretty incredible. And we saw how defenses were handling and guarding Keegan Murray when De'Aaron Fox was out, right? They could put more attention or put more resources towards Keegan or towards Kevin or whoever because they didn't have to constantly have their head on a swivel or keep one eye on De'Aaron Fox because at any point he could blow past one defender, even blow past two defenders and get to the rim at will or even step back and knock down a three at this point, which he's added to his game. Like... Defenses have to pay so much attention and give so much respect to De'Aaron Fox that it opens up opportunities for guys that should not be getting the looks that they're getting at the NBA level. That is the impact that De'Aaron Fox has. Plus, the flow and the pace of Sacramento's play when De'Aaron Fox is on the floor, right? It, I mean, we know Fox's top trait is his speed. He's the fastest player in the league. It's not debatable. Pace is more than just how quickly you get up and down the floor. Although, of course, De'Aaron Fox certainly helps with that. Pace is how well the ball is moving, right? How well cutters are moving, players are moving off the ball, dribble handoff game, even stuff that De'Aaron Fox isn't necessarily directly involved in. When the ball isn't in his hands, Sacramento's overall pace is up. That's the impact that De'Aaron has on this team. He allows this team to play at the pace and the flow that they are known for, that is natural to them. That is the impact, the MVP caliber impact that De'Aaron Fox has on an offense. Look at the numbers tonight. Four players scoring 20-plus points. That's certainly not something that's going to happen every night for the Sacramento Kings, but this is a team that's capable of doing things like that. Fox with 28, Murray with 25, Sabonis with 23, Kevin Herter with 20, not to mention 13 off the bench for Malik Monk and 11 off the bench for Sasha Vazenkov. 
This is that historic, mind-blowing level of Sacramento offense that there's nothing you can do defensively when the Kings are playing at this level. Now, some of you might be thinking, Matt, less than a week ago, hell, your most recent podcast episode was you talking about Kenny or talking with Kenny Carraway from ESPN 1320 about Sacramento shooting struggles and how you were concerned that the Kings can't get back to that offensive level that they're known for while playing improved defense. I'll be completely honest with you. I saw what I needed to see tonight. Now, defensively, defensively, the Kings numbers were not as good as they were against Oklahoma City on Friday night. They weren't. The Kings held OKC to under 100 points. The Kings gave up 120 points tonight. Some numbers were not great. They gave up 50 points in the paint, 25 second chance points. That's not good for this Kings team. Remember, second chance points are ways that teams like the Golden State Warriors have killed the Kings in big games in the past. Sacramento's shooting made up for it tonight and kind of brushed it under the rug a little bit. But I'll say this, the Kings' intensity and effort and hustle on the defensive end was at that Mike Brown expectation level. This is the new Sacramento Kings brand of basketball that Mike Brown wants to play. And I've questioned repetitively to the point where some of you were even getting annoyed with me this season. Like, can the Kings play with that level of defensive effort and intensity while also playing the offense or playing at the offensive level that they're capable of? Tonight was yes. In some, to some extent, even though the offense wasn't as good, of course, De'Aaron Fox was missing on Friday night. Friday was, yes, like look at the impact that the Kings defense can have on their offense. And look how the Kings can still score and shoot at a high level while not taking plays off on the defensive end of the floor. I'm sure there's, if you go back through the highlights and you go back through the tape, you'll see, oh man, the Kings blew this assignment or maybe a player took a play off here or there. But it's not like the Sacramento Kings were uh, like giving uh, basically a, a walking layup line for opposing teams like they've been, not just in the past, they've been at times this season. I saw what I wanted to see. Now, it needs to be consistent. And I'm not talking about consistently scoring 132 points, right? Remember, 120 points per game last year was Sacramento's average, and that was the best in NBA history. So I'm certainly not expecting the Kings to keep up their 127-point-per-game average when De'Aaron Fox plays. That would be amazing if they could. I'm not expecting that. But can the Kings have nights like tonight where their offense can explode and the defensive intensity remains the same, while also having nights like Friday night where if the shots aren't falling, because some guys are going to struggle, hell, De'Aaron Fox is going to have a game or two at least this season where his shot's not falling and he's not scoring to the level that he's capable of. It's just natural. It happens over the course of an 82-game season. Is the Kings' defense still keeping the Kings in the game and helping them win the game? like we saw against the Thunder on Friday night. I saw what I needed to see tonight. Truly, I saw what I needed to see to quiet the concerns that I had, or at least subdue them a little bit, the concerns that I had from the playoffs through the early part of the season. It hasn't completely gone away because I need to see this Kings team do it consistently, not just on a night where they have an amazing home crowd behind them giving them energy, not just on a night where they're rallied because their star player is back and everybody's hitting everything they throw up. So it's like a, it's a, it's a shooting party for everybody, right? I need to see the Kings be able to do this through the dog days of the regular season. I need this to become like Mike Brown's new brand of Kings basketball needs to become just the Kings brand of basketball by the time we're even looking at the playoffs. Can they be capable of that? We will see. Congratulations to Mike Brown winning his 400th career, 400th career game 
unbelievable. Super, super cool. Only a small portion of those wins have come here in Sacramento, and it's also fitting that he got his 400th career win against the team that gave him his first start, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Also kind of a cool full circle moment for, for Mike. And here's hoping to many, 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 many more wins for Mike here in Sacramento. Hell, by the time this man is done, I hope to see banners up there in the Raptors, and hopefully I'll see a statue of Mike Brown and a statue of De'Aaron Fox somewhere outside in Doko. Could happen. You never know. Mike actually did not know. He did not know that he was on 399 career wins. He, uh, he shared with us after the game a, a pretty funny story of how he found out and how he ended up getting the defensive player of the game crown against his wishes. Take a listen. I, I didn't even know, I, really. Um, Nick, uh, one of our performance coaches, comes in our co uh, coach's uh, area after the game, and he he starts to say something, and you know you know me I'm still a little bent up I guess about the game, and I'm like Nick what what, and he goes ah, Doma, then he he looked at me and he felt me he goes nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so, so then all the other coaches like, what, Nick, what? He goes, ah, Thomas wants you to get the defensive player of the game because you had 400 wins. And I was like, oh. That was the first time I found out. And, and so I, I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Jordy, don't play that. It's Keegan. Keegan did a heck of a job. So then I walked out. I walked in and gave my little speech, turned it over to Jordy, and he started down – and I thought he was off to a good start. And then after he talked about Keegan and he used the word, but I was like, Jordy, don't do that. <laughs> he doesn't listen to me. And, and it happened. But I, I, I didn't even know. But it's, it, it for sure is an honor to be a part of something like that in this league. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by our first ever local sponsor here of the Locked on Kings podcast. And, and I, I am so grateful for Sackyard Community Tap House to support this show, support me. Uh, it, it was truly a, a milestone moment for this show, and I'm hoping it's the first of many local amazing businesses uh, that want to partner with me here uh, on Locked On Kings. But Sackyard Community Tap House is an incredible place, not just to go and catch a Kings game. It's an incredible case to, uh, place to go and just get a drink with your friends, host a party, chill out during any time of the year, whether it's out in their patio during the summer with the misters on playing with their lawn games. You can even be out there in the coldest days of winter. But there's beer to keep you warm. There's great drinks, great food from food trucks, awesome live mu music and live events, plus fire pits to keep you toasty as well. Sackyard Community Tap House. There's a reason why community is in their name. That's what they are all about. It's a family-friendly place. They encourage you to bring your kids uh, and even your, uh, your your kids with tails as well, if you know what I mean. You bring your dogs uh, to, to come through. It's a it's an establishment that, that is very open uh, to dogs. You'll see the owner's dogs and the bartender's dogs there all the time too. It's just a wonderful place to hang out and check this out. Wednesday, the next time the Sacramento Kings play, we are hosting the first ever Locked on Kings watch party. Now, to be clear, this is not a live show. 
I'm going to be doing a live Locked on Kings episode from Sackyard at some point this season. and I have, I have some two incredible guests lined up for that. That will be announced at a later date. But I will have a watch party for the Kings and Lakers, which means show up, hang out with me, watch the Kings game with your fellow Kings fans, get some drinks, and hopefully Sacramento will be beating L.A. again when it's all said and done. Join me for that. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock on Wednesday at Sack, uh, Sackyard Community Tap House, which is your official home for the Locked on Kings listener. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is also brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And the best part, it's just you against the projected numbers. You're not going against other people, including the sharks and pros out there that make money off of something that's just supposed to be a fun hobby for you. You pick more or less for two to six players on prize picks projected numbers. Now, I had another rough night on prize picks. I'm, I, I'm having a little bit of a, a slow start to this season. Let's just say that. But a Kings win like tonight certainly makes up for it. But for example, like I took uh, a com- combination of 32 and a half points, rebounds, and assists for DeMondis Sabonis tonight. He hit that for me. I took a combination of points, rebounds, and assists of Keegan Murray tonight. I think it was like 24 and a half. Well, he blew that out of the water, right? Those are just different ways that you can follow the game and, and put a little bit extra on the line and root a little bit more for Sacramento Kings players. Or you could even uh, pick like the under or, or less for a projected point total for Davion or Donovan Mitchell, like I did, I did for his assists tonight. I picked less than five assists for Donovan Mitchell. He beat that pretty easily, so I lost in that sense. But that's just some of the ideas of the great uh, fun that you can have and all the fun things that you can do on Prize Picks. So if it sounds like fun and you want to give it a try, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. I know I've said this probably a million times over the course of the Locked On Kings podcast these last, this last season and a half, and I certainly said it more than a couple times this summer. Put some freaking respect on DeMontis Sabonis, all right? This man was dragged all off-season long. Article after article, take after take. Sabonis was not an all-NBA center. He's not an NBA-caliber center. Sabonis is going to regress. Sabonis was exposed in the playoffs. The Sacramento Kings cannot win with DeMontis Sabonis as their second-best player. All this crap, people putting a tier list of centers and having Sabonis below guys like Kristaps Porzingis, just the most absurd things that you could see over the course of the summer written and proclaimed by people who truly only watch Sacramento Kings basketball in the playoffs last year. That wrote off what Sabonis was doing statistically during the regular season in Sacramento's incredible year that they had last year because they weren't watching unless that game was nationally televised. And we know, unlike this season, the Kings only had, I think, two nationally televised games before the playoffs. People weren't watching Sabonis play. Now they damn well better be. And if they are, it's all crickets right now. They ain't saying nothing. Because after the triple-double that Sabonis had to break Chris Reber's triple-double record here in the sack era of Kings basketball, that happened on Friday against the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight, he just missed a triple-double, 23 points, 8 of 10 from the field, 80 freaking percent. Are you kidding me? 9 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 blocks. This is what DeMondis Sabonis does. Sabonis didn't have to distribute as much as sometimes he needs to. He didn't have to pull down as many rebounds as sometimes he needs to. You know why? Because finally Mike Brown is getting this team to rebound hard. Right? And also, the Cleveland Cavaliers shot, what, 40 uh, 
what is it, 59% from the field, 47% from three-point range. Uh, oh, excuse me, that was the Kings numbers. The Cavs shot 50% from the field, 45% from three-point range, 82% from the foul line. So the Cavs making shots means there's less rebounds to be had, at least defensive rebounds for, for uh, Sabonis, and not to mention the Kings were making shots, so there's less offensive rebound opportunities. So that had an impact as well. But Domas fills up stat sheets on a nightly basis, and it's not empty stats, right? He's doing it on a team that is consistently winning. The Sacramento Kings consistently win when DeMontis Sabonis plays. He fills his role perfectly with De'Aaron Fox on the floor and did an excellent job on, on Friday stepping up and taking over a lot of the load when De'Aaron Fox was not playing. Sabonis is an amazing basketball player, and sometimes... I mean, I know that he's taken for granted outside of Sacramento. Sometimes us here in Sacramento, we forget it. And that doesn't mean that he's above criticisms. Hell, I ripped him to shreds last week or, or a couple weeks ago when he only put up four shots in the second loss to the Houston Rockets. Like, that was unacceptable, and Sabonis knows it. He doesn't need some loser on a Locked on Kings podcast to point that out to him. He knows. But this is who DeMontis Sabonis is, and he can be even better than this. Like, you can absolutely win with DeMontis Sabonis. What an absolutely absurd thing to say that we heard and read uh, and had to deal with all offseason long. And I hope those people, whether they want to admit it or not or write about it or not, which they're not going to, they're not going to walk it back, even if they're proven to be wrong every time DeMontis Sabonis takes the floor at this point. Their silence, to me, speaks volumes. So Domas had an excellent game tonight. Uh, was great to see. You know what we got to talk about? This is something that maybe was brushed under the radar or brushed under the rug a little bit for you, but it certainly stood out to me. And in fact, I think most Kings fans clocked this. Davion Mitchell didn't play tonight. He's not hurt. That was a DNP coach's decision. As of right now, Davion Mitchell has fallen out of the rotation. That speaks volumes to me. Keon Ellis kind of got his minutes. Chris Duarte also got into the game a little bit, although Chris Duarte is just a fouling machine right now. He picked up three fouls in, like, two and a half minutes, ended up with four fouls on the game. Like, like Duarte needs to figure out, because I like the physicality that he plays with on the defensive end. It's what Mike Brown is asking of him and asking of this Kings team, but he's got to find out how to do it consistently without fouling over and over and over and over again because he can single-handedly get the Kings in foul trouble, and that's not good. So, anyway... It makes sense to me why Keon Ellis is getting the minutes over Davion at this point in time because Keon is still being rewarded not just for the uh, the great minutes that he put in at the end of the Chicago game, the second blowout that got him this opportunity in the first place. He got two opportunities as a starter to start this homestand, was 2-0 and in those games, not because he was phenomenal, although he did do an amazing job guarding uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander here on Friday night. Keon deserves the opportunity, and Mike Brown is the kind of coach where he's not afraid to have guys sit down to reward the uh, the players that deserve rewards. Now, at times, maybe I think, oh, Mike's going a little too far on this. Like, maybe you could say him choosing to move Kevin Herter out of the starting lineup during the um, uh, during preseason and, and move Chris Duarte in for a game. Maybe that wasn't the right decision to make, but it's hard to argue with the results because Kevin Herter right now is not only balling and getting back to his three-point shooting numbers and, and just shooting numbers, period, that we're uh, expecting to see from him. He's also doing a really good job clashing the, uh, crashing, crashing the glass, excuse me, and I think he's playing the best defense of his career right now. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on. But the point is Mike Brown is not afraid to reward guys for when they are doing what he expects of them. 
And when you reward, I mean, not everybody can play. There's only so many minutes to go around. And tonight it was Davion Mitchell's turn to kind of sit down next to him. And look, Davion did not perform well. And the opportunity that he had, he had a decent game against the Golden State Warriors, played terrible in both games against the Chicago Bulls. A lot of players did, so it's not just on him, but he's the point guard. He played well in the Blazers game, but that's because I think he was responding a little bit to Keon getting the opportunity above him, and that lit a fire under him a little bit. I don't remember really what he did against the Oklahoma City Thunder, which to me tells me enough or, or everything I need to know. Like Davion's in his third year, and at this point I'm strongly questioning whether or not Davion Mitchell can be that backup point guard that the Sacramento Kings expect because as good as he is on the defensive end, even though we haven't seen that as much this season as we would have liked to have seen, as good as he is on that end of the floor, Sacramento's bread and butter is their offense. And as much as they're trying to improve their defense, if offensively you can't fit with what the Sacramento Kings are doing, if offensively as the guy that's running that unit, you can't play to the level that the Kings are capable of playing and need to play in order to be their best, you're not going to play. So, do I think Davion Mitchell is out of the rotation for good? Absolutely not. Keon Ellis wasn't phenomenal tonight. I'd say at best he was fine. And I think there's a very good chance that Davion will get that spot back from Keon if Keon slows down a little bit. Mike even said, I think it was pregame, Mike said, like, if Keon's good, he's going to play. If, he, if he's playing the right way, he's going to get minutes. If not, he's not going to play. Kind of the same thing for Davion. Stay ready. If you're going to play the right way, you're going to play. If not, you're not going to play. So Davion's time in Sacramento is certainly not done, and it's not worth overreacting to the point of, oh, my God, like Mike Brown hates Davion Mitchell. Davion is, is benched. But I do think it's telling that as of right now with Fox coming back and Keon playing well and Chris Duarte, I guess, doing what Chris Duarte does, Davion's out. We'll see how long that lasts, and that'll be something that's interesting to keep an eye on. I do want to talk about Harrison Barnes, too, because I see a lot of people on social media going, well, yeah, let's talk about Davion and him falling out of the rotation, but what about HB? You had four players finish with 20 uh, points or more in the starting lineup, and the other guy had only four points, shot two or four from the field in 22 minutes. Let me tell you why I'm not super concerned about that. I understand. It's, it's, uh, it's staggering when you look at the box score and you see 20s, 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 4 and then you look at Harrison Barnes and go, oh, unfortunately, like, Harrison has disappeared too much over the course of this season already. He had that amazing game to start the year in Utah, and from that point, just, eh, he's just kind of been, eh, right? And that's been a common concern of Kings fans about HB. It's been a concern about HB from around the league for a decent portion of his career. I'll tell you why I'm, I'm, I, I can live with tonight more than I could live with, like, a four-point performance when Fox was out against Chicago or whatever it is. I can live with tonight for two reasons. Number one is, look, there's only one basketball. So if you have four guys in your starting lineup scoring 20 or more points and two guys off your bench reaching double figures as well, like Harrison's job in that case is to keep spacing the floor, stand in the corner, or, or, or do the backdoor cut or rotate or do what he has to do to make sure the offensive flow is not disrupted, but also make sure that he is out of the way and his defender is out of the way so that any one of those four guys or any one of those six guys can get the buckets that they were looking to get. So in that case, I think Harrison did his job tonight. He didn't really negatively affect the game in any way. Maybe he made a mistake here or there, but everybody makes mistakes over the course of the game, like even De'Aaron Fox does. So I'm not really griping on that. I also love the fact that even though he didn't score, pulled down five rebounds, dished out three assists. Those numbers aren't amazing. Like a 4.5 rebound, three assist stat line is something that you go, okay, kind of ho-hum. 
But for Harrison, who's put up stat lines before where it's four points, one rebound, zero assists, or even four points, zero rebounds, zero assists, and two turnovers, like, at least he was contributing in other ways in the 22 minutes that he played. So I'm not certainly going to overreact or, or be overly negative or anything or critical uh, of Harrison's game tonight. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is also brought to you by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I, whether it's getting fired up after wins or disappointed after losses, discussing who starts and who sits, whatever it may be. I'm thankful for the connection that we have. And today, I do want our chat to be a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel, bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue you are covered my friend you don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your uh, generics for Cialis Viagra or whatever your prescriptions are there for you and this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical go online right now jacemedical.com to receive your 12 month supply of your daily medication whatever that medication may be remember to use promo code locked on at checkout for a discount as well a verified customer had this to say about jace they said quote i am thankful for the service supply chain issue caused me to cut pills in half in order to have what i needed i ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply i also ordered an antibiotic kit i feel secure now prices are lower than local pharmacies i highly recommend this for everyone if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any of your daily meds go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you remember use promo code locked on for twenty dollars off your purchase time for a little bit of a kevin herter appreciation here before we wrap up the locked on kings podcast tonight 20 points seven of 11 from the field six of nine from three-point range two assists two rebounds he had three points at halftime, he scored 14 points in the second quarter alone. Went five, or excuse me, third quarter alone. Went five of five from the field, four of four from three-point range. He exploded out of the halftime break. It was a big lift for Sacramento at that point. Uh, like Kevin is out of the slump. He's through it. Doesn't mean that he's not going to have poor shooting nights and shooting struggles over the course of this season. I'm sure he'll hit another slump at some point. Again, that's only natural over the course of an 82-game season. But think about what Kevin Herter's been through. Right? I kind of talked about it and alluded to it earlier. Like Mike Brown benched him during the preseason. He had to kind of figure out like what he was doing wrong. His focus on the defensive end clearly had an impact on his shooting. He, he did not look like himself. Right, He was shooting below 20% from three-point range in the first handful of games this season. Since then, he's now exploded back to that Kevin Herter level that we can expect and even beyond that a little bit. Like Kevin has been through it, and he's handled it like a complete pro. He's come out the other side back to that offensive level that we expect that the Sacramento Kings need from their starting shooting guard while also improving on the defensive end of the floor, while also improving as a rebounder. Like, whether or not we want to knock Mike Brown's method or whatever, with Kevin Herter, it seems to be working. And it doesn't just require a good coaching staff and a good system in order to make that work. It requires a player who's willing to be receptive to sometimes those hard lessons, receptive to those mental battles as well as physical battles that you have to go through. Kevin Herter has done that, and I give him all the credit in the world. Let's talk about Keegan Murray, too. Great night for him, 25 points, 9 of 13 from the field, 5 of 8 from three-point range, 8 rebounds, an excellent stat line. That's not even what I'm worried about. Keegan's defense tonight on Donovan Mitchell was amazing. He had that defensive assignment, and here's what Mitchell did. 22 points. 7 of 21 shooting from the field. Now, he didn't guard Donovan every single time he was on the floor. But he had a 
large chunk or the, the vast majority of the time out of anybody, it was him guarding Donovan Mitchell, and he made Donovan work. Right, any opportunity you you have to make a player of Mitchell's caliber on offense shoot seven of twenty-one from the field, you're doing your job. Keegan Murray should have won the defensive player of the game crown tonight. You heard Mike talk about that. He thought it belonged to Keegan, but he got it for his four hundredth win. I don't think Keegan cares about that at all. I think the Sacramento Kings care about the fact that it looks like that Keegan is capable of being the scorer that they wanted him to be at that star level, and now a defender that's capable of being the guy that takes on the tough assignment on a nightly basis and can handle it. Like, this is a sneaky all-star caliber game for Keegan. I'm not saying that Keegan is going to be an all-star this season, but remove all the context of who it is. If I told you 25 points on 9 of 13 from the field, 5 of 8 from three-point range, uber efficiency, just missed a double-double with eight rebounds, guarded the best player on the opposing team, a player to the caliber of Donovan Mitchell and held them to 7 of 21 shooting from the field, you might say Jalen Brown. You might say Paul George. You might say Kawhi Leonard. Like, I'm not saying that he's on the level of those players, but that is a stat line that guys like that We'll put together in wins. It was an amazing night for Keegan. Was really happy to see how well he played. For many people, Keegan was the player of the game tonight. Despite what Fox did, despite what Sabonis did, despite what anybody did. Like, Keegan was the player of the game because of the offensive numbers that he had. He finally got that three-point shot going again. He really fed off of the energy that, that Kevin Herter built, especially to start that, uh, the second half with his third-quarter shooting. And then the defense that he played was just amazing. So very fired up by that. Fired up by this Kings win as a whole. I cannot wait for Wednesday, the watch party at Sack Yard. Again, tip-off is at 7. I hope to see you there. I'll be honest with you, like full transparency, I'm a little nervous, right? Like I've never done a live show before, and I'm very blessed to have the, the numbers and the viewership and the listenership and the support of the Locked On Kings listeners. But I'll be honest with you, like I don't know if people are going to come out or not. I certainly hope you do. Would love to see you there. You don't need to sign up. You don't need to buy tickets or anything. Just show up and have a drink, and watch the game. There are plenty of TVs. There's plenty of room for you. You're welcome at Sackyard Community Tap House. I would love to see you there. I would also love to have you join me on tomorrow's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. I'm going to be joined by Tristy Rodriguez from NBC Sports. She does an amazing job covering the Sacramento Kings. This is her second season doing it. Uh, Tristy is awesome. I had her on uh, during the offseason before the season started. Uh, and we're going to talk uh, a lot about, she was focusing a lot tonight, asking questions about Keon and, and, and the impact that Keon Ellis has made and how De'Aaron uh, coming back affects that kind of breakdown and, and Davion Mitchell's minutes. So I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot. We'll talk about De'Aaron's impact on the offense. There's going to be a lot of great stuff that I'm going to talk uh, talk Kings basketball with Tristy Rodriguez about. So I hope you will join me on that episode of the Locked on Kings podcast uh, coming up on the next episode. Until then, I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you again for your support of the pod. Hope to see you at Sack Yard for the Kings and Lakers watch party. My name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.